0: Grace to you in peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His word which we receive with joyful and open hearts this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 9. Now after six days Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. So far, the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. It's good, Lord, to be here. How many of us this morning share Peter's attitude? How many of us came into church glad to be here? The psalmist reminds us, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. How many of us share that sentiment? We started our worship service this morning singing the hymn, "Tis good, Lord, to be here. How many of us were thinking about and appreciating and agreeing with those words as we sang them? It's good to be here. Now, we might be tempted to think, we might be tempted to argue that, well, Peter said those words when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw those words when he saw Jesus glorified, when he saw Moses and Elijah, when he heard the voice of the Father coming from the cloud. If those things happened in our worship service, we would be a little more excited to come to church on Sunday morning. And there's no doubt about that, that we would be pretty excited if Moses or Elijah showed up here in person to talk to us this morning. But if it happened every Sunday, we would probably get bored with it pretty quickly. There's a deeper problem, a a deeper issue beyond simply the cloud and Moses and Elijah versus a, a Sunday morning service, isn't there? There's a a deeper issue of looking at what's under the surface. We seldom take the time to look at what's under the surface. And because we so often fail to look under the surface, we fail to appreciate what we have. Close to 20, it wasn't quite 20 years ago, I'm glad it wasn't quite 20 years ago, but it was close to, to 20 years ago that I was at a lake, it was a sandy beach, beautiful, clear water. Believe it or not, it was a lake in Wisconsin. It was this nice, beautiful beach, this, this clear, beautiful water uh, that I was at, and I was walking out into the, the water, and when the water got you know up above my knees, I dove headfirst into the water, and somehow I didn't notice this big, old rock right under the surface. The whole beach was all sand. But somehow I managed to to pick the one spot where there was this, this big old rock. How I missed it, I don't know. But if I had taken the time to look a little more closely at what was under the surface, I wouldn't have ended up in the hospital with nine stitches. We often forget to look under the surface. And because we forget to look under the surface, we forget to look under the surface in, with one another. And it causes problems in our relationships, doesn't it? We, we take each other for granted because we're only looking at what's on the surface. I failed to look under the water. It caused big problems for me as well. In our text, Peter, James, and John, the disciples, Jesus' disciples, we, we, when we read through the Gospels, we find out that they sometimes forgot what was under the surface with Jesus as well. And they sometimes took him for granted, but in our text, they have this rare opportunity where what was under the surface is made clear. They clearly see what they normally could not. The glory of God that was always there in the person of Jesus Christ is is clearly shown. In the same way, we often forget to look under the surface of God's word and God's sacraments, and because of that, we Take church for granted. We forget what's really there. And so our text this morning, it's not only an opportunity for Peter, James, and John to be reminded about what's under the surface and why it was good to be there. It's a reminder for us as well to be reminded to look at what's under the surface and therefore to, instead of taking church for granted, understand why it's good to be here. The Apostle Paul reminds us that in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. And the Apostle John, in his Gospel, tells us that we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Truly, in the person of Jesus Christ, the glory of God, the full glory of God was hidden. The Old Testament has a word for it, the Shekinah. The Shekinah is the the glory of God, the same glory of God that we heard in our Old Testament reading when Moses uh, and the elders went up on the mountain and they beheld that, that glory of God that surrounded the mountain so that the people couldn't even touch the mountain because of the glory of God that was up there. The glory of God that Moses went up into and after spending time in that glory, he comes down and even his face is shining from the reflection of the glory and it remains that way for a long time because he had stood in that that glory. The same glory that went before, toned down form, but in a toned down form, but still the same glory that went before the children of Israel as as a pillar of fire, as a cloud. The same glory that Isaiah saw When he had that vision of the Lord sitting high up upon the throne, and the cherubim flowing over him, flying over him, that we sing about it in our hymn, Isaiah, mighty seer in days of old. This same glory, the the shekinah, this full glory of God, dwelt in the person of Christ bodily, but it was hidden. It was not, (coughs) excuse me, it was not always apparent. It was not always obvious. Could not normally be seen. So far, the apostles had had glimpses. You know, before our account this morning, the apostles had had glimpses of that glory. They saw that glory when Jesus did the miracles, when Jesus preached with power and with authority. But they didn't really understand it. They saw little pieces, but they didn't understand the fullness that was truly there, truly present in. The person of Jesus Christ, their eyes, like ours so often are, were, were closed to see what was really there. It's not that they couldn't have. It's not that they, they, they had no way to know what was hidden in the person of Christ. God's Word had foretold it. God's Word had shown it. The children of Israel had seen it on the top of Mount Sinai. But they didn't, they didn't take the time to consider. They didn't take the time to understand, to look. And so they've just seen these glimpses. In the same way, we've been seeing the same glimpses of the fullness of God's glory in the person of Jesus Christ throughout our epiphany season. We've had little glimpses as the wise men come to Jesus, as, as Jesus is baptized and the dove comes down and the Father speaks from heaven. Very often in Epiphany, we'll, we'll hear a, a, about many of his other miracles. This year, instead, we, we kind of went back to the Old Testament and we saw the power of God active in the, in the life of the Old Testament believers. But it's that same glory, it's those same glimpses that we see of God, the fullness of God's glory. And we saw that power of God active in the life of Rebekah and Jacob and Joseph. And so we got those same glimpses. But just like the apostles. When we're seeing only these, these small glimpses, these small parts, we often don't take the time to, to fully appreciate how much it's still hidden from our view. That's why Transfiguration Sunday is such a wonderful event, such a, a great opportunity to remind us of, of what's always there. You know, Peter's response to Jesus in our text makes it clear that Peter made the same mistake that Jacob did. Remember how Jacob had that vision of the ladder going to heaven? And Jacob responds to that vision. He wakes up and he says, surely God is in this place. But remember, remember what God told him in that vision? God told Jacob, I will be with you. Jacob's not a very good listener, is he? God says, I am with you. And Jacob wakes up and says, well, surely God is in this place. I wasn't listening very well. Instead of grasping and rejoicing in that promise that that God is with me, no, no, no. He he thinks the place is special. Peter makes the same mistake in our reading. He says, well, let's build three tents. Let's commemorate this place where this event took place. He tries to make the mountaintop into something special. People never learn. A lot of people today are, are doing the same thing. There's a lot of people arguing about which mountain is the right mountaintop, which mountain is the Mount of Transfiguration. we got to go find it. we got to build a church there. there. probably are a couple. I don't know. I've never been been on a tour of Israel. There probably are a couple of them, I would imagine. A couple of churches say, oh, this is the, the Mount of Transfiguration. This is the spot. and We'll build a church there. God's response to Peter, the Father's response to Peter, is well worth contemplating this context peter says let's build a a booth let's build a tent let's make this spa special and what does god the father respond he says this is my beloved son hear him the glory of god is not in this place it's in this person what's special is not the mountaintop though What's special is the person of jesus christ rather than worrying about building a tent on the mountaintop hear his word let Jesus build a home for you in his heart. Take him with you wherever you go and then that glory that you saw, Peter, on the top of the mountain, that glory that we're hearing about this morning will be with you wherever you go because it's in the person of Christ Jesus. Come to God's word. Build a, a home for that word in your heart and that glory, that mountaintop, that transfiguration will be with you wherever. That shekinah, that glory of the Lord, will be with you wherever. Peter, James, and John were filled with fear and trembling in the Gospel of Matthew. It mentions that fear and trembling after the cloud and the voice from heaven. But in the Gospel of Mark, it actually lets us know that the fear and trembling came before that. The fear and trembling came... Peter, James, and John fell asleep. They do that a lot. They fell asleep on the mountaintop, and when they woke up, they saw Moses and Elijah, Jesus, standing there, and at that point, immediately, they were filled with fear. Greater fear, no doubt, when they also heard the voice from heaven, but it it began as soon as they saw Jesus. Why? Why were they filled with fear at the sight of uh, of Jesus shining? Certainly, they spent over a year with Jesus. They walk with him. They talk with him. They know him. They weren't filled with fear before this. Now they're filled with fear. It kind of points to the fact that they didn't really understand. They didn't really see what was truly there, even though that glory had been there in the person of Jesus Christ all along. They didn't understand that, and now all of a sudden they're seeing it. Now they're filled with fear. Now, actually, they had been filled. They had had fear, in that sense, uh, before this point remember we talked about those glimpses they had glimpses of that glory of god and when they saw even small glimpses of that glory the fear came along with it remember when when uh, jesus the miraculous catch of fish jesus told them to to throw their nets in the water and they drew back this huge catch of fish and peter's response was to, to fall down there was some fear there depart from me lord i'm a sinner Similarly, at the changing of the water into wine at the Canaan feast. And some other of Jesus' miracles as well, the response of the disciples. When Jesus came walking on the water, remember that, walking on the water in the midst of the storm, and he calmed the storm, and they were filled with fear and awe at what Jesus did. So seeing those glimpses of this glory, seeing the glory on the top of Mount Transfiguration, they were filled with fear. The rest of the time, They forgot. They took Jesus for granted. We can see that in the way they acted around Jesus. Sometimes there was an incident where they're arguing over who's the greatest in the kingdom. I don't think they would have done that if they had been considering and thinking about what was hidden under the surface, what was truly there. And then there's a time just just before our text, a chapter just before our text in Matthew, where Peter contradicts, flat out contradicts Jesus. Jesus says, the Son of Man must go to die, and Peter says, no. I don't think Peter would have done that if he had been remembering, if he'd been thinking about what was under the surface. He'd been aware of the glory that was under the surface. He doesn't try and contradict God the Father in our lesson today. Now in part, that's God's plan. In part, that's, that's God's design, right? He hides that glory, that fullness, that check and out. He hides it in the person of Jesus Christ so that Jesus could come down and walk among us. And people didn't have to be filled with fear. They didn't have to fear and tremble and fall down every time they saw Jesus. But the fullness of that glory is, is hidden in an ordinary looking person. From the outside, he looked just like you and me. So in part, that's God's design. So that Jesus could walk among us as one of us, so that the apostles could walk with Jesus and they didn't have to live in that fear. And in the same way, God has taken that same glory, and He's hidden, He's hidden it in His Word, He's hidden it in His in His sacraments as well, so that we can come to church and we can come to church without that, that fear and trembling that would cause us to fall down. It might even cause us to, to stay away from church. But it's incumbent incumbent upon us not to forget what's under the surface. Even if we can't see it, what's hidden there in the sacraments, in the word, what's given to us every time we come to church, this this glory of the Lord, and that's what Transfiguration Sunday is here. It's here to remind us of what we receive every time we come to church. Transfiguration Sunday isn't something that that happens just once, I mean Transfiguration Sunday is something that happens every once, once a year, of course, but it's not just about the one day of the year. The glory that we see on Transfiguration Sunday isn't only for Transfiguration Sunday, is it? It's there, it's given to us every time we come to Christ. We We often can't see it, and because we can't see it, we have a tendency to just look at the surface forget what's underneath. But it's there, and that's why it's good to be here. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Don't forget what's hidden just under the surface ever since that day when I dove into that lake and cut my head open, I'm usually pretty careful about water that I'm diving into. And Peter, he never forgot what he saw on that Mount of Transpiration. Over 30 years later, he reminds us in our epistle reading, 2 Peter 1.18, and we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. stayed with him. A reminder to look under the surface, to remember what's under the surface, even though you can't see it. Don't forget what's truly present, just under the surface. Every time you receive God's word, every time you come to church, every time you receive the sacraments, that glory, that power of the Lord, Jesus Christ himself. The same thing the apostles saw on the top of our transfiguration. I don't deny that I'd like to go there. I'd like to, to stand with Peter, James, and John. I, I'd like to see with my own eyes, the physical manifestation of that glory, that would be great. That would be nice. But, don't forget that we have, even if we can't see it, in God's word and in God's sacraments. Amen. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.